Well, hey, hey there, happy innovators. How are you guys doing, huh? How you doing? You having a good week? You behaving yourself? You have your cup of coffee with you today? I hope you do, because we're going to do a little bit of talking today in the Singularity Podcast, episode 101. Now that we're on the other side of episode 100, and I hope that you guys liked all the content that I put out, you know, the videos and the smash word and the drum videos and all that stuff. I hope that you enjoyed it. And uh, judging by the comments that I got and the reaction that I got from my closest happy innovators, um, I would say that, yeah, it was a success. And I've got a question for you. Have you ever tried Indian food? Hmm? Yes? No? Well, I'll tell you what. If you have not tried Indian food, ever, do yourself a favor and find the nearest Indian restaurant closest to you, okay? And treat yourself to anything on the menu because everything you get at an Indian restaurant and this is from years of exploration, okay? Anything you can get at an Indian restaurant is absolutely delicious. And don't be surprised if when you try Indian food for the first time, you don't come to the conclusion that it's the best food you've ever tasted in your life. I mean, I don't know what they do to this food. I don't know what the seasoning is. You know, I've, I've examined it as much as I could they use a lot of like curry and um, majoram, I believe it's called, and uh, turmeric, like in their cooking. But oh my gosh, the food is so absolutely delicious. And, you know, probably about, well, at this point now, probably about 20 years ago, some friends of my wife and I took us out and they introduced us to Indian food for the first time. And it was absolutely delicious. And my wife and I were like hooked, okay? So we found this Indian restaurant that's closer to where we live. And we've been frequenting this place for 20 years, okay? And of course now with the COVID lockdowns and all that kind of stuff, the business of this Indian restaurant was dramatically altered, you know, but they managed to keep the doors open and they keep the lights on, you know, through serving people takeout, you know? So they used to have at this Indian restaurant, they used to have a buffet, okay? Which is like this table where you can kind of like pick out whatever you want to eat. There's like different dishes that you can grab from and put them on your plate and you can taste a little bit of everything that they have. You know, and uh, it just is one of those things. It's like talk about diversity, you know, and the idea of trying something you've never tried before and something that is very different from any other cuisine that you're going to taste. You know, um, it's a celebration of diversity. And I think that we should probably all kind of like take a moment to think about that. You know, like, let's let's take a moment to really think about this idea of diversity and being able to try things that are different or 
being able to choose different experiences that you want to experience. It doesn't sound like it's a very big deal. You know, it doesn't sound like it's anything to really even talk about. But, you know, I think that a lot of the times we take for granted, especially here in America, like we take for granted how much diversity there is and how many different options there are for you at any given time with any given subject or whatever, you know, like you can go to the grocery store and you can pick out whatever you want. And there's a lot of different things that are available to you, maybe more so than most other countries, really. Right. Um, the grocery stores are massive and they have all different kinds of food from all around the world and they all have different prices and some are more expensive than others. Some are more exotic than others. And you have everything from, you know, international cuisine from all around the world, all the way down to like pop tarts and, you know, potato chips, like whatever you want. Okay. Whatever you want. There's a, there's an option. There's choices. It's not all the same. Because as human beings, at least from my experience, okay, we probably shouldn't really want everything to be the same. Like, why would we want everything to be the same? I mean, I guess there's this certain idea of like comfort. You know, you don't want change. You don't want the boat to be rocked or whatever. I get that. But as far as picking and choosing what you want or what you can or cannot get, you know, it's like when you're in a situation where that's controlled by someone else, you know, and the options are limited because of someone else's decision, not yours. That sucks, man. You know, and, you know, to illustrate that point. Yeah, I bring up the idea of the Indian restaurant with the buffet where you can kind of like sample a little bit of everything and try the different flavors and the different things. And that's cool. You know, it's absolutely, you know, made me, you know, an Indian food enthusiast. You know, I love that food. I just, I could eat it every day. I love it. And all of it, all of it. And, you know, do yourself a favor. Like I said, find the nearest Indian restaurant closest to you and order yourself. Let's see. Order yourself a dish of chicken tikka masala. Okay. With rice and with a side of this bread they call naan. It's N-A-A-N, naan. And oh my gosh, it's like a flat bread with like garlic and butter on it. And oh my gosh. My mouth is watering just thinking about it. And I just had some for lunch today. That's why I'm bringing it up. It's like, oh my gosh, it's so good. Uh, do yourself a favor and give it a shot. I promise you, you will not be disappointed. Okay. Uh, take a chance, roll the dice, you know, get out there, mix it up a little bit and try Indian food, you know, do yourself a favor. But, you know, I also wanted to talk about this idea of diversity because I recently had discovered this channel on YouTube by accident, really. Um, it's called Yoel and Marie. That's the name of the channel. Uh, Yoel spelled 
Y-O-E-L, and Marie is spelled M-A-R-I-E. So it's Yoel and Marie. That's the name of the channel. Check it out. This guy is from Cuba, right? And this girl Marie, like him and this girl Marie from America, like hooked up somehow. I'm not sure if they're married or if they're just living together or they're dating or whatever, but the point is, is that Yoel wound up leaving Cuba to come to America to be with Marie. You know, they're in love. So this YouTube channel is devoted to all of Yoel's, you know, first time American experiences, you know, having left a communist nation and coming to a capitalist nation, right? And oh my gosh, the videos they have, some of them anyway, are so profound, you know? Uh, what do I mean by that? Well, I'll tell you. Um, they have this one video where Yoel and Marie go to an American grocery store for the first time, okay? And they're filming the whole thing, okay? So, you know, the idea is to show the contrast and to show Yoel's reaction to how much contrast there is from, you know, compared to Cuba where he left to America where he is now a citizen, okay? And the whole thing is done so well. I have to say that, it really is. And it's a great concept, a great idea. But oh my gosh, it's so amazing to watch because it just shows me, okay? Maybe not you, but it shows me that I take for granted how good we actually have it here in America. You know, like for however many flaws there are and there, you know, however many things there are to complain about or to bitch about that are going wrong or whatever, whatever in America, okay? The bottom line is this, is that there's a hell of a lot more diversity, acceptance, uh, you know, accessibility to opportunity than you're gonna find in most other places. And it's so easy to take it for granted. And it's so easy to find things to complain about here, you know? But the bottom line is, is that when you watch this video from this guy from Cuba, I mean, check this out, okay? They have footage of him or like the grocery store that he went to, okay? What that's like in Cuba. And it's like outrageous, you know? It's like you wait for days for food like a loaf of bread or something. It's crazy, like craziness, you know, inhuman. And he comes to America for the first time. He walks into a grocery store and he starts laughing. You know, it's just, he's so overwhelmed by how much food is available to him right now, right in front of him. And it's colorful and brightly lit and clean and, you know, He's allowed to be there and he can buy whatever he wants. He's free to buy anything in the store that he wants. And it's all like, you know, affordable and reasonably priced, you know? Um, and he starts out laughing, right? But then he kind of like goes quiet after a little while when it starts to sink in, you know, that this setting he's in, this grocery store, filled with groceries and 
well lit and clean and affordable and large and just wow, anything you could think of. That's normal. That is normal. That is humane. Get it? And he stops laughing and he starts to kind of like reflect. Maybe almost cry a little bit when he realizes that he could have had it this way the whole time. His whole life could have been lived like that rather than what he had just left behind. And he's probably thinking about the people that he loves, that he left behind, that will never experience this kind of thing. You know? Whoa, it just knocks me over, man. I mean, this is like a major, major revelation to all people, especially right now in the world, whereas there's this push for communism, you know, this ridiculous push for communism. And you have these people that are fleeing from communism to come to America and they cry at the happiness they experience because life is that much better. Imagine that. Imagine that. I can't imagine that because I've always lived here and it's always been free. Yeah, there's some limitations to that. You know, you got to watch it. You got to be good to each other. You know, there are laws, there are restrictions, but for the most part, people like me, you know, in my socioeconomic status, life is pretty damn good, man. You know, is it perfect? Of course not. Could it be better? Sure. Of course it could. Could I have more than I have right now? Sure, I could. I don't think I would necessarily be happier. And I suspect that for the most part, you know, whatever country you look at around the world, you know, we're all diverse in everything, but for the most part, there's probably like a guy like me, like my level, my socioeconomic status, really kind of like in every country around the world, you know, middle, the middleman, the guy who's in the middle, not rich, not poor. I'm not wealthy, you know, but I'm not poor. I'm comfortable and I work hard for that. And every once in a while I have fun, you know, my life isn't all work all the time for slave wages and you know, barely enough food to survive. No, no, no. I eat what I want, when I want, what I want. You know, I have comforts, you know, and I can pretty much, you know, once in a while have fun, you know, in my life. Right. And I, like I said, I imagine that in all the different countries around the world, there are like people that are some version of me, like at that level. Right. And these are the people that are my brothers and sisters all around the world, because we're all just trying to make it. We're all just trying to survive, you know, keep food in the refrigerator and keep the lights on, you know, have some comfort, have some fun, have a family, you know, have a home, have some clothing that you like, you know, comfortable clothes that are warm when it's cold outside cool when it's hot outside, right? 
These are my counterparts all around the world. And these are the people who are not going to be on the news tonight. And you're never going to hear their name. You're never going to see their face. You're never going to know them, right? But they're there and I'm here and we're just trying to make it. And unfortunately, we all are subject to someone that is what? Above us or something or has more money or more power. But the majority of the people around the world are really just trying to make it, man. You know, they're not they're not multimillionaires. You know, they're not wealthy. They're just trying to make it. And this guy, this guy, Yoel from Cuba was like scratching to survive there. You know, he was a carpenter or something. He could barely get tools to do the work. Yet the work needed to get done if he wanted to eat, you know, if he wanted to survive. But the work had to be done with the wrong tools, you know. And for all you happy innovators out there that work with your hands, you work with tools, you know, as well as I do, how difficult it is to do a job with the wrong tools, you know, and the difference between the wrong tool and the right tool. You know, the job getting done right, whatever it is you're doing, right? Well, this poor guy from Cuba, Yoel, had, you know, eked out a living using the wrong tools to get, you know, the substandard lifestyle. He comes to America and you know what he wants to do first? The very first thing he wanted to do. Okay, when he came to America, the very first thing, he wanted to go to Home Depot. He wanted to see their tools. He wanted to see what was available, what kind of tools. Because, you know, this guy left a situation where it's like, if you want to buy like a hammer, you have to wait like six months, you know, if you can even find one, if you can even find a place to buy one, or if you can even have the money to buy one, you know, because it's like what, like a $300 hammer now, because it's a communist nation and there's export tariffs and all that kind of stuff. You come to America, this capitalist nation, he goes into Home Depot, right? They're videotaping it. And he's same reaction. He's so taken aback by how much is there that he starts to laugh out loud, right? But then eventually, like at the grocery store, that laughter kind of subsides and it starts to go deep and he starts to go into reflection mode. And he's thinking about all of the years all the jobs he had to do with the wrong tools to make a living. Now, right before his very eyes, any tool that he could possibly think of or need is right there and it's accessible to him. He can buy these things, you know, and he doesn't have to wait. And it's like tears of joy, man, you know, and happy innovators, come on, you know what that's like, right? To have the right tools. I don't care if you're cooking, if you're painting, if you're building a house, if you're writing a song, I don't care what it is. You need the right tools for the job. And this poor guy and people like him over there in Cuba that are barely getting by, they're surviving. They're just surviving. That's it. You know, they come over here and they're shocked. They're shocked. And you know something? It almost, this situation, watching this video on YouTube, this guy I'll never meet, this woman I'll never know, you know what I mean? I'm watching their story, I'm hearing their words, 
And you want to know something? I'm almost moved to tears watching the television. Can you imagine, you know, that something could hit that hard? Oh, how much we take for granted in our lives. And all the people that slag America, they say, oh, it's this and that's bad. And, oh, I don't have rights. And, oh, they, you know, opportunity is not there for me. Hey, you know what? That may or may not be true, depending on who you are, where you're at, or and who you're subject to. Okay, but for the most part, most people here, they're kind of like me. They're just right in the middle, man. They're just in the middle. And we have so much available to us, you know? Oh, what a life to have, you know? It's so simple and basic, right? The basic things, clean water, good food, a loving family, a warm home, nice clothes, I mean, the list isn't very long. It's kind of long, I guess. Maybe longer for other people, some other people. But, you know, the basic things to survive and be happy, it's all available to you here. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter where you're from. It doesn't. It doesn't matter who your parents are. It doesn't matter. (laughs) It doesn't matter what kind of status you have. You can survive. You can make it. If you're willing to put in a little bit of work, a little bit of sweat and muscle into whatever it is you want to go after, whatever it is you want to pursue, it's available to you. It's here. And like for me, my wife, and all the people I went to school with, and all the people that grew up around us, it was the same thing. It didn't matter if they were Amish. It didn't matter if they were black. It didn't matter if they were white. It didn't matter if they were Asian. It didn't matter. It didn't matter if they were Latino. It didn't matter. It's available. It's there for all of us. And, you know, I'll say it again. For all those people around the world that are like in the same socioeconomic status that I'm in, they are my brothers and sisters. I don't care what color their skin is. I don't care where they're from. I care where they're going. I hope that they do well, but I don't care where they're from. Those are my brothers and sisters. And as far as I'm concerned, if they're willing to put in a day's work and they're willing to try and strive and you know try to make it, then they are my counterpart and I am their brother and it doesn't matter. None of the other stuff matters. The majority of those people, myself included, these are the people that don't make the evening news, man. You know, you're not going to, they're not going to be famous. You know, you're not going to hear their name or know their name. You're not going to vote for them, you know, but they're going to be subject to the same things that you're subject to. They're all in the same boat trying to make it, trying to survive, or working around some kind of obstacle put there by someone else, you know? You know, I think about that. You know, I think about over the, what, like five decades of my lifetime, how much war there's been, you know, how many bombings there have been with collateral damage, you know, collateral damage, meaning, you know, people that were innocent, people that were like me, They were just in their house eating dinner and they died because they got bombed or something. I have no control over that. And my counterparts, you know, internationally, those people around the world that are like me, 
just trying to make it. They know that. At least I hope they do. I don't have any control over what is done to them, and they don't have any control over what is done to me. That's decided by someone else in some other social strata, you know, that we can't get to, but we are all in the same boat under the same yoke. And you know what? We're different too. Isn't that great? Isn't it beautiful? The differences culturally, you know, ethnically, all those things that are different. I don't want everybody to be the same. I don't want everybody to be wearing, you know, unisex jumpsuits and like, you know, some futuristic utopia. I don't want that. I, when I go to France for the first time, man, I want it to be different than where I'm from. When I go to Brazil for the first time, I don't want it to be like Ohio. I want it to be like Brazil. I want it to be different. I want to see things and hear things and taste things that are different. Let's celebrate diversity. Let's not challenge it. You don't, you don't rip it down. Diversity is not a bad word. Diversity is a great thing. And you know, there was another YouTube channel that I found that also kind of spoke to the same kind of idea. All right. There's a YouTube channel by a guy named Peter Santanello. And he's, I believe he's from California, like San Francisco, California. And his YouTube channel is basically just videos of him traveling around the world to different cities and all sorts of different countries and different cultures. And he's talking to people like on the street level, you know, not the politicians, not the rich people necessarily, and not just the poor people either. Just like whoever he comes across on the street and he talks to them and, you know, it's like speaking to this whole thing. It's, it's like, you know, when you watch these videos by this Peter Santanello, you can't help but get the impression that everything I've talked about so far is absolutely true. You know, that no matter where people are from, no matter what country they're in, however different they are, you know, however different the countries are and the, you know, the circumstances are around these people, for the most part, most people all around the world really have goodwill and they really do want good things for other people and for themselves. You know, they don't want any trouble. They want to survive. They want to have a life. You know, they want to have success and they want to be comfortable. That's all. They just want to be comfortable, you know. And uh, this Peter Santanello guy, you know, he goes around, he talks to gang members in Los Angeles. He talks to, you know, landlords in New Jersey. He talks to just regular average everyday people in Iran, you know, walking on the street and, uh, you know, all over the world. You name it, he's been there, you know. And it was interesting, too. He did a particularly interesting thing about the Amish people. You know, he went down into Amish country. Like, I, you know, I've talked about that before in, uh, you know, that, that podcast I did a few months back called uh, Amish Paradise. You know, if you're 
curious or interested, you can go back and check that out and kind of get my take on all that. But, you know, this guy, this Peter Santanello, uh, you know, he's he's really kind of getting down to the nuts and bolts, like the nitty gritty of what existence is like for these people. You know, not just the Amish, but everyone, you know, all over the world, all over the world, man. Canada, England, Scotland, Australia, you know, Italy, Iran, you, you name it. He's been there and he's interviewing people like on the street level. And, you know, my wife and I are, of course, watching like video after video of this guy because, I mean, it's addictive just to hear and watch and see and, and, you know, the the perspective of people from other countries and what their desires are and what they want. And you realize after you hear it enough that they want the same things I want. And I want for them the same things. Like I want them to have what I have and they want me to have what they have. You know, they share openly and they, you know, they're, they're like us. They're just like us. They're, we're all the same. We are in that way. You know, thank God there are some differences and some things that make us interesting or whatever. You know, so we try things different, but again, I'll say it again, diversity is not a bad word. And it's not something that we should take for granted. And it's not something that we should just write off, you know? Do yourself a favor and check out that Peter Santanello. And while you're at it, check out that Yoel and Marie channel too and you see if you see the same thing I do I'm sure you will you know so when you hear like on the news you know the heritage news or you know it's so hard to find any truth now whether it's heritage news fake news or whatever the real news the real truth is going to and this is my prediction of course the real truth is going to come from people like Peter Santanello he is the future of news, of world news. He's uh, non-biased, uh, open-minded. Uh, he leaves himself available, you know, and vulnerable. He walks into these situations and where he's confronted by people that are just on the street, man, street level, people just like us, just like him. And the conversations are harmonious. And the people are fun and happy, and he is too, you know? Don't believe it when people try to tell you how much we hate each other and how, you know, our differences are something that need to be eliminated. That's nonsense. It's nonsense. And if you ask me, it's just unnecessary. Unnecessary. I mean... Like, haven't you ever had, like, a discussion with somebody that you disagree with, you know? And it's not a fight, you know, especially if it's with somebody that you love, you care about. You're not going to fight with them. But, you know, you have a difference of opinion. And there's a way to respectfully handle that difference of opinion. And you know what? Sometimes when you're in a discussion with somebody, you know, that disagrees with you, right? You change your mind, you know? Maybe you see things differently and your perspective changes and you rethink it and you know what that person who had a difference of opinion maybe changes your mind or vice versa right is that something to be like condemned no that's something to be celebrated 
especially now, you know? Like, I implore you, if you're a person who is like in the middle, man, you're just trying to make it, you're just trying to survive, don't believe the hype, you know? Don't buy in to all this negative talk and negative speak and, you know, it's destructive. It's destructive. Diversity is not a bad word. And diversity is not destructive. It's constructive. Any creative person knows that. Any creative person knows that. It's a fact of life. It's part of the art life is diversity. You know, not doing everything the same all the time, not only having one option. You know, rethinking something, going around it. You know, you know, you're a happy innovator. You know, and I'm, you know, I'm sorry if I sound particularly spirited today. Like I'm kind of like getting into this, but ladies and gentlemen, my happy innovators, I'll tell you, I have heard over the past year or so, I have heard so much talk of negativity and turmoil and destruction and oh, just how bad it is here in America and oh it's just you know it needs to be torn down and rebuilt start over again well, let me tell you something that's misguided thinking and it's faulty reasoning okay to anybody who has lived a life here and is you know out there in the world trying to get it done trying to make it we got it pretty good don't let anybody tell you different you know what I'm saying? You know, I had this friend of mine that I was in discussion with a couple days ago, a few days ago. And, you know, this friend of mine is a female American. And uh, she's one of these people that has kind of bought into, you know, the zeitgeist, like the spirit of the times, like lock, stock and barrel. You know, uh, she is pro-vaccination, COVID, all that stuff, you know, and just 100% lock, stock and barrel, you know, selling the story, you know, that's what she believes. And I respect that. Okay. Um, for two reasons. One, because I love her and two, because she's a very nice person and a very intelligent person. And three, because I, accept the idea that people will have differences of opinion. However, this friend of mine, as much as I care about her and as much as I disagree with her, um, the other day we kind of, you know, started to spar a little bit verbally about things. And, you know, it's not that I'm anti this or anti that. Okay. And it's not that I totally disagree with her or something like that. But we do disagree on a lot of things. And most, mostly what we disagree with each other about is like this idea of, you know, group think, you know, that you have to follow the group, you have to follow the herd and do what everybody else is doing. And, you know, she kinda is like, in my opinion anyway, she's one of those American citizens that has kind of lost the concept of thinking for herself you know, that 
uh, the spirit of America, the spirit of the United States is this free spirit, the spirit of liberty and freedom, the freedom to think and the freedom to choose for yourself, you know, and by some weird turn of events, this highly lovable, highly intelligent woman that I know has just gone round the bend, man. You know, as far as I'm concerned, she's beyond the point of like having an opinion or something. It's like she's almost like pitching to me her politics. Like it's absolute truth that all people should follow and all people should believe. And as much as I care about her and as much as I respect her, man, I got to tell you, it's starting to kind of slip a little bit. You know, this friendship we have is starting to suffer a little bit because she just can't shut up. You know, she lacks the ability to just shut up. You know, she doesn't get it like how do I say it? I respect your opinion. I respect your beliefs, but you're not going to change my mind about this. You know, I was trying to explain to her the difference between like an opinion about something and a conviction about something. There's a major difference here. You know, um, when you have an opinion about something, at least in my opinion, um, an opinion can be changed. You know, an opinion is something that can be changed. You can be convinced to think a different way. Okay. But when you're convicted about something, when you have a conviction in your mind or in your heart about something, it's a fundamental belief. You know, it's not something that can change. I mean, I suppose to a certain extent, in some way, every idea you have or every belief you have might in some way change, you know, and the same goes for me that, you know, maybe, you know, even the deeply held convictions can be changed. It's not impossible. My mind is open to that. But for the most part, the difference between a conviction and an opinion, you know, I mean, think about that. There's light years of difference. And you know, we would all be doing ourselves a service by learning the difference between someone that has an opinion and someone that has a conviction about something. And that goes for politics, religion, or sports, or whatever it is, you know. Um, I suppose that I should probably, you know, leave it there. You know, I've done enough talking for one day and uh, enough bloviating and... Uh, I would imagine that uh, you're probably agreeing with me right now. <laughs> and uh, I don't know. God bless America, you know. And uh, the sacrifices, you know. And God bless the people who came before us. In whatever country you're in, whatever, you know, social economic status you have. You know, let's thank God for the people that came before us. You know, that gave us life and gave us the civilizations that we live in, you know, and let's be thankful for that. And let's be thankful to them, 
you know? You know what? Let's just be thankful. Let's be thankful for diversity. And let's be thankful for compassion and understanding. And reaching out to your fellow man, you know? It's not gone yet. It's not done yet. There's still a lot of people. I think there's a lot more of us than there are of them. You know, they just want to make it, man. Just want to survive. And you know what? They want the same for you and your family. They just want you to do okay. You know, and they want to do okay too. Isn't that what we want? Isn't that what everybody wants? Isn't that what everybody should want for themselves and for each other? I think so. I think so. Yeah. So my happy innovators, that's it for today. Can't think of anything else I really want to talk about today. This was on my mind. It was cooking for a while and I just, I wanted to get it out. But uh, I'm going to leave it there, folks. Catch you in the next podcast. And uh, this is Mike Bostwick from Pipewire Records signing off. And remember, folks, if you want to keep what you've got, you've got to give it away. Or at least be willing to share it with the person next to you. Peace be with you, happy innovators. I love you one and all. And uh, here's to another 100 podcasts. Peace out. Okay, all you happy innovators that stuck around to the end of the podcast to hear some music. I got something for you today. It's a little bit different. Um, What it is, is a song from a band that I used to play in. A band called Slow Bob. S-L-O-B-O-B. And, uh, you know, I have a YouTube channel devoted to that. You know, showcasing that music. In case you're interested, you know, you're welcome to go and listen to it. Just type in S-L-O. B-O-B, and it'll take you to these songs. There's this CD that this band I was in had put out. But uh, what I'm going to share with you today is a song that we did in that band called Johnny's Appleseed. And uh, the reason I wanted to share it with you today is because I just listened to this album again for the first time in a while, um, not too long ago. And I was particularly proud, okay, of the drumming that I did on this song called Johnny's Appleseed. And I thought, you know what, instead of sharing a pipe choir song, you know, for the next podcast, maybe what I'll do is I'll share Johnny's Appleseed with my happy innovators. It'll give you like a little bit of a snapshot of what I was doing about, oh, 25 years ago. Um, You know, this was a band I was in that was pretty serious and we were really kind of you know hitting the road and we were making records and we had our own record label and you know we bought a van and we were just we were doing it you know the, the whole deal and unfortunately uh, the band wound up breaking up right as we were kind of like finishing the writing of our second album which was going to be 
phenomenal. And, uh, and this song, Johnny's Appleseed, was one of those tracks. It was like a standout track to me. And I was particularly proud of the drumming. So check it out. Hopefully you'll enjoy it, my happy innovators. And, you know, talk to you next time. Peace out, everybody. And I, I love you one and all. So thank you so much for listening and participating in all of the Singularity podcasts that I've put out over the years. Thank you so much, everybody. Talk to you later. Enjoy the music. Peace out.